to kindergarten ready. What really matters? Kindergarten Ready is a podcast about child development in the first five years. Here, we'll try to uncover what really matters and just what it means to be kindergarten ready. Greetings all, I'm Dr. Jean Ouellette, researcher, director of the Language Literacy Learning Lab and professor of psychology at Mount Allison University. On this episode of Kindergarten Ready, What Really Matters, we have our first ever listener requested topic, which will take us back to literacy. And in particular, an area that is near and dear to me, children's early explorations with print through invented spelling. Importantly, we can clear up what invented spelling really means and what it doesn't, and also talk about something called kid writing. We'll hear about how children's early attempts at spelling and writing can be a gateway into learning to read, and remarkably, how this actually reflects the child's changing reading brain. Yes, it's all about literacy and the developing brain, this time around on Kindergarten Ready. All right. This episode, we do a deep dive into an area that's certainly in my wheelhouse, an area that I'm involved with directly in terms of conducting research. Actually, this was the topic of my PhD dissertation way back when I was young, or at least younger, I should say. And it continues to be one of my primary funded areas of research today. So it's a topic I'm happy to talk about anytime. And yes, I know we just did an episode on the concept of emergent literacy a few weeks back, but I did ask for listener requests. So now that we actually got one, it seemed prudent to go with it. I mean, that's just the kind of guy I am. I will say this topic will be a little different from past episodes in that we're dealing with print and writing, a visual medium. So I can't really splice in examples in terms of sound clips. I can't really show you the examples of the spelling that we'll be talking about. So I'm afraid you're stuck with just listening to me this time around. And with that disclaimer, or I guess warning out of the way, let's begin with invented spelling. What is it? That's actually a really critical question, as there's been so much confusion, misunderstanding, and controversy surrounding this term. Basically, before children are exposed to formal teaching, they often try to represent words in print. If you give them something to write with and on, crayon and paper or what have you, they'll try to put something down. These early pre-conventional spellings are referred to as invented spelling. Really, that's it. It's pretty straightforward. Invented spelling refers to how children will invent spellings because they don't know the correct ones yet. And this begins before they can read. And it will continue as they learn to read and write. When children first start experimenting with the written code, their spelling attempts likely have little to no resemblance to conventional spellings. They may even start by just drawing or scribbling. But over time, as they learn what print is and what the alphabet is, their invented spellings increase in complexity and accuracy. They get better and better at capturing words in print. This phenomenon of invented spelling is a well-documented and easily observable developmental process. Then why so much confusion, misunderstanding, and controversy? Well, let's go back in history a bit for perspective, shall we? Back, way back. uh, Let's go back to the Wayback Machine, everyone. Uh, I'm afraid that's a reference that might be dating me. Regardless, let's go back to 1970, when Charles Reed, a linguist, began writing about how children's attempts at writing words reflected how they were processing speech. 
For instance, Reed noted that an early and frequent strategy used by preschool children was to try to spell words with letter names. So, for example, if they were writing the word Y-O-U, they might just put the letter U. Reed saw this as evidence that children were analyzing the phonological, that's the sound structure, of spoken language. And he concluded that children were initially trying to spell by representing what they hear, not by trying to reproduce some memorized strings of letters they may have seen. And that's a really important observation. This interpretation has been confirmed in many, many studies since. Early invented spelling is a process in which kids try to print what they have heard. It's linked to speech perception. So I guess it actually sequences nicely to have this as a topic on this episode, as our last one was on speech perception. It all makes sense in the end, even by accident. That's the way we roll here on Kindergarten Ready. A common example of how early invented spelling is linked to perception and hearing is seen when kids write the letter J for what should be a TR, like in truck. It turns out J sounds a lot like tr, even though they don't look alike. So again, kids are trying to write what they have heard, not what they've seen and somehow magically memorized. Further support for the premise that children's early spellings represent attempts at translating what is heard into print came from work by Carol Chomsky and Ed Henderson, two scholars in education at the time, and they also began to describe early spelling attempts with an eye to how this information could be used in the classroom. Now, if we fast forward to 1982, Richard Gentry published what is now a classic paper in the journal The Reading Teacher, in which he presented not only a description of children's invented spellings, but showed how they change over time, leading to a comprehensive and still used today phase theory of how spelling develops and how this can be used to both assess and promote early literacy. If you visited the Kindergarten Ready Facebook page, and if you haven't, well, why why don't you? What do you got against it? Well, if you've been there, you've likely seen some pictures of myself with Richard. I was extremely fortunate just a few years back to connect with Richard after he wrote a post in Psychology Today that focused on a research paper of my work on invented spelling that had been published in the journal Developmental Psychology. Well, it turns out that not only did we both have strongly rooted interests in the topic of invented spelling, but we also shared many views on how that information could be used in the classroom to promote reading, and it turned out we connected on a personal level as well. Long story short, and shameless self-promotion and plug alert, we ended up writing a book together that came out last year, a full 37 years since Richard's seminal paper. That book is entitled Brain Words, How the Science of Reading Informs Teaching, and in the book we describe in quite a bit of detail the science behind early literacy acquisition and how invented spelling develops, how it can be assessed, and how it can be used to teach reading. Now, I should clarify that book was written specifically for teachers, but still there's relevance for a more general audience and venue like this podcast in trying to clarify just what invented spelling is and cute, cute sounding child. Why does it matter? Well, here comes the cool part. Not only does invented spelling reflect a child's speech perception and knowledge of print, it actually reflects changes that are happening in the developing brain. Now, come on, that's cool. It's kind of like an instant brain imaging without the technology. Yes, by just looking at a child's invented spelling, we can actually get a picture of the developing reading brain. But wait a minute, you might recall I said this was a misunderstood and controversial area. 
doesn't sound like it should be. I mean, it's pretty straightforward so far, isn't it? What's up with that, you ask? Well, it turns out the term invented spelling itself seems to lead people to think that educators, researchers, and the like are suggesting that proper conventional spelling isn't important or doesn't need to be taught. This, unfortunately, has become a pretty well-propagated myth. So please let me stress right now that that is indeed a myth. As Richard himself wrote several years ago about dealing with controversies and misunderstandings around invented spelling, and I quote, The key to changing attitudes seems to be demonstrating a balance of encouragement of invented spelling with instruction in conventional spelling. End quote. As we stress in our book, invented spelling is very much the starting point, not the end goal. It tells us so much about that child, her perception, knowledge of print, and about her developing brain. We can then use that knowledge to better teach how to read and spell, when developmentally appropriate. If you listened to the last episode of Kindergarten Ready, you would have heard me talk about how we are born with amazing speech perception abilities and a brain specialized to learn language. Well, guess what? We're not born with a brain ready to learn to read. The reading brain has to develop. We now know from neurological research and brain imaging that there is a reading circuit in the brain encompassing areas from the back of the brain where visual information is processed to the lateral or side of the brain where speech sounds seem to be localized and to the frontal part of the brain where speech production happens. But this circuit emerges gradually as we learn to read and write. It isn't there to begin with. We're not born with it in place, and it doesn't magically appear. It requires stimulation. Consider that it's estimated that we've been speaking for over 100,000 years. I mean, not personally, obviously, as a species. But reading has only been around a few thousand years. Many neurologists believe the reading circuit is developed as brain regions become recruited or repurposed for literacy. And this happens as children learn about print and how to match sounds to letters just like they do in invented spelling. In other words, what I'm saying is that the sophistication of a child's invented spelling tells us about the level of development of the brain's reading circuit. And that's not all. Here's the coolest part. By promoting invented spelling and helping it grow in sophistication and resemblance to conventional correct spelling, we may actually be able to help that brain development along. Come on, doesn't get much cooler than that. Episode 5 of Kindergarten Ready dealt with defining emergent literacy and explained, I hope, the importance of alphabet knowledge and something called phonological awareness. Well, guess what? Both of those critical, constrained skills benefit when a child engages in invented spelling. I've conducted research in my own lab that has shown having children practice invented spelling grows and advances their phonological awareness skills just as much as do direct teaching programs focused on phonological awareness. Invented spelling, it turns out, is a really important step on the pathway to literacy. It is, in keeping with the name of this podcast, something that really matters. What should we do about it? For starters, we can give children the opportunity to write. Not memorize a flashcard or word list to regurgitate like on an old-fashioned test, but give them materials to write. Paper, crayons, markers, what have you. This is what many refer to as kid writing. And here is where you can see invented spelling and a reflection of the child's developing knowledge and, as just described, 
of their developing brain. One common method used is the tell your story approach. Basically, a child draws a picture and tells their story or information to an adult. Then the child writes the story or information using kid writing, that is, invented spelling. You can help these processes along by asking things like, hey, what's happening in your story? Or other guiding prompts, but you don't actually tell them what to write. As children get into school age, teachers can use techniques to stress sounds and to help children with learning conventional spellings. But for our age range, remember this podcast is focused on birth to five, let's just encourage the process of kid writing. If a child is pretty close to the correct spelling, you can repeat back that word, stretching the word out and really emphasizing any sounds that might be missing, but we're not doing direct corrections at this time in development. But what you can do is then ask the child to read what they have put in print. And then you underwrite the child's story in proper conventional spelling. That basically means you write underneath what the child has written, but in proper conventional spellings. Now the child has a model of correct spelling. No need to correct or highlight errors here, but you're providing a model. Again, this is for the age range of our podcast. In school, we do start to look for ways to directly teach conventional spelling, of course. As I mentioned earlier, Richard Gentry has a comprehensive way to assess early spellings according to five developmental phases. Now, the detail involved here is well beyond what we need for today in in terms of this podcast. But if this is something you're interested in, if you do work directly in an educational setting, I encourage you to look up Gentry's phases of spelling and his monster test, which is a very simple, straightforward spelling test that shows how to score spellings by these developmental phases. These are actually pretty easy to find out there in the world of Google, and I'll add some references in the show notes as well. But for today, let's just realize that kid writing may start with pictogram kind of writing or unidentifiable scribbling, and that's okay. This will progress to print that starts to use some recognizable letters. They may still be random. There might just be a whole bunch of X's and O's, for example. They're likely to have little resemblance to the words they're supposed to represent. But then eventually, the magic really begins to happen the letters start to make more sense. They may represent parts of the words, maybe just the first or the last sound, or maybe two sounds. A child might put a big letter D for the word dog, or maybe they'll put EG for eagle, for instance. Eventually, the child will represent all the sounds. They could spell eagle, E-G-U-L. Now, if you think about it, E-G-U-L captures all the sounds in the word eagle. It's not the correct spelling, obviously, But again, it's showing us that child's attempt to represent what they have heard, now putting it in print. Another example is when a child tries to write the word lady and will spell it as L-A-D. Now, if you think about this, that D sound, if you use the letter name, not its sound, and you sound out L-A, lay, and then you say the letter name for D, D, lady, you've captured all the sounds of the word. This just illustrates how early invented spelling shows us a child's attempt to translate what they have heard into print. It also reflects their growing alphabetic knowledge. Over time, children learn word-specific rules for spelling. For example, the first sound of cat is a C, not a K, in that words like lady require a letter Y at the end to create an extra syllable for the proper spelling. If you put this all together, what we're seeing is a progression from initial non-alphabetic markings 
to the eventual emergence of conventional word-specific spellings. And remember, kid writing is a pressure-free, fun, child-generated experience with print, and it allows this magic to happen. Now, we can also take these processes and incorporate them in more direct teaching once a child hits school age. My own research in this area has involved having children in kindergarten and grade one write words on requests. So this time around, we're telling them to try to write a specific word rather than having them write their own story. And then we talked about the difference between what they have written and how the word is correctly spelled. This still wasn't explicit correction. It wasn't, hey, you're wrong, here's the right spelling. We always kept the experience positive and light. We made it clear that it wasn't a test, that we weren't looking for the child to show us the right spelling. We wanted them to show us how they thought a word was written. We'd reinforce that attempt. Hey, great job showing me how you would write that word. And now I'll show you how an adult would do it. We never use the words correct or incorrect, right or wrong. But in the end, we're still giving the correct model. This was always a positive interaction that started with the child's invented spelling. Remember, that tells us what developmental phase they are in and also what's happening in their brain. Well, in that research, and we have several studies along this line, the children who received this type of invented spelling practice and feedback showed advantages both when it came to learning to read but also in eventually spelling words correctly. One of the fears that has been expressed by some educators and parents over the years is that having children engage in invented spelling may somehow reinforce their incorrect spelling and prevent them from learning the correct conventional spellings eventually. Our research has explicitly shown that not to be the case. Actually having kids engage in invented spelling helps them learn the conventional spelling. I've also been involved with some correlational statistical modeling type of research where we have shown that a child's invented spelling proficiency at the start of school when they enter kindergarten actually predicts how well they learn to read and spell later in grade one and even in grade three. What does this all mean for working with children to promote literacy? Well, this type of activity I'm talking about now is just like kid writing, except in this approach, we ask children to write specific words, not from memory, not by copying or trying to memorize a a visual form, but from their own processing of how words sound. You ask, hey, can you show me how you would write the word cat? It doesn't have to be the way I would. I want to see what you think. And then you talk about the spelling the child creates, and eventually you compare it to the correct spelling. Not to overdo the self-promotion, but in our book, Richard and I explain a five-step approach to using a child's invented spelling as a gateway to teaching reading. And here it is. Step one, we call hear it. Again, no print is involved. We use the child's speech perception skills first and simply say the word out loud. We can stretch sounds, repeat the word, say the word fast, say the word slowly, talk about the word to make sure it's understood. We're just using good old speech and language here. We can make rhymes. We can make alliteration. We're just saying the word out loud over and over again. Step two is say it. Now we use the child's speech production, and we have the child say the word out loud. Again, they can say it fast, they can say it slow, they can say it in rhymes, they can say it over and over again. So step one, hear it. Step two, say it. Step three is write it. Now we ask the child to show how they would write the word, just like I explained earlier in terms of our research projects. Again, this isn't a test. There's nothing to memorize. The child actually hasn't seen the word yet, and there's no pressure. Just show me how you would write this word. 
Step four, read it. We show the conventional spelling now and ask the child to read that word. And note, even if they're not readers yet, we've just talked about the word and we've just told them the word we've written so they can look at that correct model and pronounce the word. And step five is use it. Now, this is more for school-age children. We would then use that same word in other reading and writing activities. So there it is, a simple five-step process to use invented spelling as a way to actually teach spelling and reading. Step one, hear it. Step two, say it. Step three, write it. Step four, read it. And step five, use it. Beautifully simplistic, if I don't say so myself. If you do choose to use these more direct teaching type activities with children, you can also think about what kind of words you might want to use. We know, for example, that a child's own name is a great place to start. So we would have the child write their own name. We can also think about early developing syllable patterns like open and closed syllables. So open syllables means there's no final consonant. So you have words like B, B B-E-E, or me, M-E. Closed syllables would have a consonant, vowel, consonant with a short vowel sound in the middle, things like bed, pin, dog, cat. Those are good starting points. You can always throw in a few extra, more sophisticated words just for fun. Again, remember this is a pressure-free type activity. It's not marked. There's no right or wrong answers. In research, we'll throw in some different syllable patterns just to see how the child responds. For example, long vowel sounds, which can be done with double vowels in the middle, like peel, or by adding a silent E on the end, like bone. And we'll even throw in a two-syllable word here and there with the Y at the end, like baby and pony. But again, that's more for research because we're just seeing how the children uh, respond to those syllables. A good starting point is to stick with those open and closed syllables, like I mentioned, along with the child's name. As we come to the end of yet another episode of Kindergarten Ready, I should stress that the focus of this podcast, as in the subtitle, is the first five years. When it comes to literacy, we want experiences to be positive. We want stimulation, but we don't need to worry about direct teaching yet. I'm not saying, as stressed earlier, that conventional spelling doesn't matter. Of course it does. Obviously, invented spelling in grade four would be treated very differently from invented spelling in kindergarten. It's actually still informative in grade four, but we would want to teach conventional spelling directly, following systematic progressions through syllable types as you'd find in a science-based spelling program, for example. For us, in the birth to five years age range, we can keep things natural and light. Our job is to provide the opportunities for growth, the stimulation and positive experiences with print, and to do so with procedures and methods based upon the research and science. And kid writing and invented spelling are the best known ways to do so. Remember, this isn't what Gene thinks. This is empirically based, research-supported practice. I encourage you to go back to our episode on emergent literacy. It was just a few episodes ago, if you haven't listened to that already, as it highlights the importance of discrete skills like knowing the alphabet and developing phonological awareness. And of course, the importance of writing your own name. That's something that was highlighted in that episode and something that ties nicely into spelling as well. And our very first episodes on vocabulary included a discussion of storybook exposure, right? And that provides stimulation for developing literacy. You know what? That's a topic that I eventually plan to do a complete episode on because there's fascinating research using storybooks and there's more to storybook exposure than you might think. 
and they really highlight how unconstrained skills like vocabulary really matter when it comes to literacy too. But for today, the focus has been on invented spelling, and I'm hoping that I've convinced you of its importance and given you some ideas of how you can help stimulate and promote this developmental process. Again, I'll put some references in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about this topic. And I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's pretty darn fascinating. It's like brain imaging in action. And with that, I shall sign off. As always, your feedback and suggestions for shows are welcome via email and Facebook. My hope is that we can together continue to shape and improve the show. And I'd love to start receiving some sound clips from listeners' children, as well as hearing about some personal experiences that can tie into topics that we can cover in subsequent episodes. Thanks for listening and continuing to help spread the word about our little podcast. We're seeing a nice steady growth in our audience. Uh, And I know that's because people are sharing the podcast with people they know. So I really do appreciate your help in helping to spread the word about our show. And with that, cheers, everybody. You've been listening to Kindergarten Ready, What Really Matters, a podcast about child development in the first five years. Kindergarten Ready is a production of the Language Literacy Learning Lab. For more information about the show, check us out at www.kindergartenreadywhatreallymatters.com. Kindergarten Ready!